0: Expression is one of the most powerful tools we have. A voice, a pen, a keyboard. The real change which must give to people throughout the world their human rights must come about in the hearts of people. We must want our fellow human beings to have rights and freedoms which give them dignity. Article 19 is the voice in the room.
1: Hello, Article 19 listeners. My name is Marty Malloy. I'm the President and Catalyst at Tamin, and I'm coming to you because today's podcast is a little different from our usual interview format. This is what we're calling a water cooler episode. We wanted to record a glimpse into the types of conversations that we actually have at work around issues that intersect with accessibility and inclusivity. This episode is part of an ongoing conversation. So Think of yourself walking up to a group of people in the office who were already chatting and you decide to join in, and we're happy to have you. This topic stems from a colleague who is blind pointing out a microaggression that Taman wrote in a social media post. In that post, we use the phrase, if one follows this blindly. This saying was used in a common colloquial way to imply someone's lack of understanding or thinking about the subject at hand. It got us thinking, and just as importantly, talking a lot about language and inclusivity. We wrote a long-form article about this, which you can find at our website, www.taminink.com. But the conversations about how language matters and what it means in our culture and how those conversations have continued and continued and continued. We're having this conversation because this is really important. It's important because what we say and what we write really matters. It's important because how we react when we make mistakes really matters. At Tamman, we are not afraid to engage in difficult conversations, but we do so respectfully, with kindness and respect towards others, and with awareness building at the forefront of those conversations. At work, in our public events, and on our social media, we work to make sure that no one feels shamed or silenced in the pursuit of educating ourselves, and that inclusivity really means everyone. No matter where our lived experiences or our professional development happened to be at the time. So we hope you enjoy this glimpse into our work culture at Tamman. We had a lot of fun recording it, and we hope you have a lot of fun listening to it. Enjoy. How's everyone feeling today? Good. Pretty good. It's been a good week. Yeah, it has been a good week. It's been a weird week. Oh, it's been good, but a weird week. My daughter is taking the pre-ACT today. And last night, she was 100% miserable, which, I, you know, look, no one's excited about a standardized test. Like, I wasn't expecting her to be dancing around a room being like, yay, I can take it. But you know what? I'm going to start off, and I encourage you to share some if you have it yourself. A point of pride. This morning, she got up early. She had gotten a good night's rest. She ate. Breakfast, this does not always happen. She had her number two pencil. She got a bottle. Like she listened to all those like these are the best things to do before you take a test kind of thing. And I'm like, hot diggity. Dog, I was really proud of her. I just anyway, it was very exciting. And so I've had a good week.
2: I think the only time that I've done those things as well is similar to your daughter when I was taking the SAT, ACT, other things alike. They like nail into your head the importance of these tests and that they like determine your whole future. That like... Very serious. Very serious.
1: So does anyone else have points of pride they'd like to share? I'm always curious about this in people's life. Give us a window into your lives.
2: I returned from a very, very nice vacation or trip last week, and I am still riding out the like high of the trip. But also with that, I feel like I came back with a lot of clarity and mindset on like, you know what nothing's actually a big deal and like just roll with the punches and like you'll yes. deal with it when it happens and like who cares which is not my normal world I'm very high anxiety and worried pretty often so I'm um, just this on the trip like random things happen. and because I was with my friend and because it was with like one of my best friends and because it's also like you're like I just want to have a good time and like it's life and not work I was just like yeah, All right, We'll deal with this as it comes. And like, just kind of rolled in with everything. And like, at one point, like nothing was going right, but like all was still fine. Cause we were together and like enjoying the good without harping on the bad stuff. And I think that's like on. something that I brought back with me and I'm trying to include in my life. Cool. I also you're- jumped out of a plane.
1: Well, I was going to so. say, you're also <laughs> embracing your crazy Nick who jumped crazy out of the Nate. plane. Crazy Nate. Sorry. Crazy Nate. Let's talk about crazy and crazy <laughs> down the road. So Kristen, Liza, anything you guys want to fill us in on in your wonderful lives? Point of pride, something you're excited about, something that happened you're
3: feeling good about? I did change my hair. It had not been dyed for eight months. So it was just like eight inches of blonde with four inches of brown roots at the top. And that's very much a look. I sometimes refer to it as the Kurt Cobain or the Chad Kroger, but time had come. I recently aged another year and I was like, you know, let's keep this midlife crisis going. And we did. So now it's kind of a rainbow. I actually sent my stylist something, totally forgot about it. And I got in there and I was like, do whatever you want. She's like, I already mapped it out from the video you sent me. I was like, oh, okay, great. Glad you are paying attention. Cause I totally forgot. But on the one side, we've got like a nice dark blue purple. There's like bright green in the front. But then if I parted on the other side, which I won't, cause I'm wearing headphones for this little podcast segment, it's a nice like like pinky, orange, yellow, and still the green. I don't know if y'all have ever had those Italian cookies. I don't know if they're from a specific like Arriva time cookies. of the year. But the, yes. yes, there's like the red stripe and the yellow stripe and the green stripe. And I was like, that's after offline. I'll, I'll flip my hair for y'all. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, like such an Italian cookie. So yes, that's the main thing. I am proud of it in so much that I didn't really have anything to do with it artistically. But the woman who does my hair has creative juice inside her. And I pay for that juice to be put onto my hair moving forward. An actual thing that I'm proud of for me is a little bit accessibility related, but I have been interested in sign language for a very long time. I have a friend who recently became a professional interpreter for the Philadelphia school system. And so I wanted to start, there's actually a school for the deaf in my state of Delaware and they offer lessons for you. But during COVID that has been kind of put on hold. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I had my first class with a tutor last week and I'm my second one right after this week. And while I'm excited to be learning a new language or at least trying to learn a new language, the main pride point is that I've just been wanting to do this for a long time and haven't and have put it off for many years. That's and awesome. it's not even, is it like, you know, maybe I can learn another language. It's like, maybe I can actually take the first step in trying new things that I think will be good. So it's a lot of small step for me, big step for another part of me
2: type of thing. Liza, me going skydiving was the same. I've been wanting to go skydiving for years. And I, that was where I said, I jumped out of a plane. I finally went on this trip and it's been like Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I want to do it. And it never like actually coming to actualization. So like those things, when you like finally do them, make the moves. Things are possible.
0: So Kristen, no Try pressure. Try to top that,
3: Kristen. Yeah, I was going to say, can. like,
1: what actualization thing <laughs> right. happened to you this Great. week?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Your hair looks like it's the same color as last It's the fall, same.
0: So yeah. How, how static be... of you. I know. <laughs> I am... In a transitional state right now, so I'm not actualizing anything. I am trying to grapple with major life decisions. So I'll get back to you next week or the week after and let you know more about that. So I was trying to think of like either how I could top that or like just something I could make up. I'm like I can't. <laughs> just make something up. Man. <laughs> yeah, you know I rescued. My not feeling from it a this week. <laughs> right.
1: That's awesome.
2: Kristen, Uh, pre going away, I would have had the same exact response. I would have sat here like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's the answer i need to get on a plane you gotta yeah. go on a trip or, or oh, yeah. apparently jump out <laughs> and then
2: jump out. <laughs> jump out Jump <laughs>
0: out! i will not be doing that that is not on my self No, list. that's not yeah but going on a plane is good
1: bring it full circle where we started from like unbelievable learning new languages jumping out of planes is i was just proud of my daughter for getting up and eating breakfast so i yeah. mean there's a range there's a scale to all of this uh it's all fine
3: i haven't yet figured out how to eat breakfast every morning, that's very hard especially working from home. Yeah, so good on her.
1: Okay, so first off, this is going to have to be another podcast. It is the most important meal of the day. All three of you must eat your breakfast. This is
3: unacceptable. It's true. Big lunch, big old lunch.
2: If you would like to deliver breakfast to my bed each day, Marty, or pay someone to deliver breakfast to my bed, I'm more than happy to eat breakfast every day. I will
1: say (laughs) I do make breakfast for my family every morning. So
2: That's a vibe.
1: I don't think my wife has made breakfast. So
2: you're telling me I just need to get
1: married. In years and years and years. <laughs> right.
2: Get married to and then- a specific person. No.
1: Say, <laughs> like, make me breakfast. Amy Schumer always talks about how she married a chef because she's a genius. And I was like, yeah, that's actually really smart. Okay. So none of this is why we're here. I don't even know when we're going to start this actual recording and I don't care. I just like talking to the, to the three of you. We're talking though about language. We're talking about how language reflects culture and how culture reflects language. Certainly touching on sort of like ableism and ableist type stuff but also you know we talked a little bit about maybe bringing in some other words i think we can look at things in the mental health space specifically that's something that all of us are really interested in when it comes to language and culture so i don't know if you guys have been reading anything or if you've continued to stay tight on the language front but liza i know you and i were talking earlier about some articles that we've read recently so why don't you kick us off with like something you've read around ableism and then i'm going to chime in with some Thoughts on mental health stuff.
3: Yes, I was looking up a couple of things and one of them sort of referenced another article by the same person where it was a long running list they had that was a glossary of ableist terms and phrases and they mentioned it because it was one of the most visited blog posts that they had everyone was looking at it and trying to understand it and it was from autistichoya.com if we're promoting it anywhere but it's very comprehensive and it has the different terms sectioned out sort of as like these terms are pretty old and outdated. And even though you might not be hurting someone's feelings, you will just sound like someone from like a prospector from the 1890s or something. And it's just better to sound up on it and sort of moving down to things that can be used in an ableist way, but they also have other meanings. We were talking about mental. I was talking about the term barren where it's like, these words could hurt somebody depending on how you're using it, but it also can mean other things. And when sort of the situations that are okay For use in situations that are a little riskier for use. And so I really liked that. It's not just a list, it's a list, and each one has like a kind of a definition under it and then a reason and like the logic behind why it gets under a lot of people's skin or it can cause people to have bad feelings about other people and themselves. They kind of talk about how a lot of internalized ableism that comes with using the words makes it hard for people who are aging. Just, I think it was an InDesign 24 talk from last year where someone used the phrase if you're able, you're temporarily abled if you consider yourself and you're kind of like you die young or you live long enough to see yourself kind of develop a disability and so when you have these ideas that like the word dumb or the word deaf is something that's negative then if you lose your hearing or you have trouble with aphasia or something like that growing older it's not easy to unlearn that for yourself So it's just very interesting. A lot of the good reasoning in there that helps it kind of connect for me.
1: I really like aspects of this article. The thing I like the best is the consider instead. And we've talked a little bit about that among us in terms of, how habitual some of these words are in our lexicon. You were just sort of talking about it. Like dumb, I think, is a great example where you kind of know it's usually used in the negative frame and you're like, ah, you know, but oh, it's such a habit. I don't really have another one to say, but you can get creative with your language if you just take a little step back and think about it. So one of the ones that really jumps out at me is, and I think it reflects the microaggression we had in our social media post where it's saying blind to, turn a blind eye to, blinded by ignorance or bigotry and things, referring to blind, low vision, or sight limited people, using it as a metaphor. And I think most people wouldn't jump to that immediately. And I think for us, it was like, oh no, there's a problem there. Hard to come up with things in the moment of like what would be different. And they say, consider using instead willfully ignorant or deliberately ignoring. That's just a better turn of phrase anyway. Not deliberately ignoring. Ignoring is pretty good. I don't know. I would want to run that through the Hemingway app because when we talk about inclusion, we're also talking about not using... Words, especially written words, that are at a very high academic level, but nevertheless still feigned ignorance. Like the, ooh, like I love English. I love language, and I love the fact that they give you some really interesting alternatives that are better. <laughs> <laughs> and more clear too. So right. It's more
3: descriptive of what you're yeah. what you're trying to make. And maybe yeah. it's not willfully ignorant. Maybe it's something totally different. And it's like, I should specify that. That actually makes it clearer.
1: Now, I want to get your take though, bringing Sydney and, and Chris on this, because one of the words they use, and these are those sort of like blind to and turn a blind eye to and all that. I'm with you on that. Bonkers. Does bonkers really feel like a word that is aggressive or offensive? I'm really
2: curious. I think it's like, saying like bonkers is technically like a synonym for crazy like you're going bonkers I wouldn't categorize it that way but it is an interesting one I haven't heard it
0: often enough in a negative sense I feel like it's a little bit unused it's a little dusty in general
2: I agree it's dusty I think what comes to my brain is the idea of like, cause you just mentioned, I haven't heard it used in a negative way. And like,
0: I no, I haven't mentioned it anyway, actually. In any
2: way. But saying the negative way just brought my brain to like crazy is a term that I use. If I use it and I, this is one I've been working on training my brain not to use, especially with my niece. Cause I always changed it with silly a lot when I'm talking to her, but I'm always saying it in like an endearing way where it's like, you're crazy. Like lovingly, like, I love the craziness, but it really is, it's silliness, and it's fun, and it's, and crazy still has that connotation, even when used in a positive way, and like, and I don't know the right answer there. I'm like, if you are using it in a positive way, is it okay? Well, that's a great question.
1: Like, I would love to, like, what do you all think of that? Because I think that, Matt, I think the context matters. We talked a little bit about how Often, I think Liza, this was your point last time we talked about this, which was man, when I think about these words I use, it's usually in a negative way or in a high emotional state and usually negative. Crazy kind of doesn't feel like just silly. Like that's not a synonym for me. It feels like it's all of those things, right? It's silly and it's different and it's wild and it kind of captures a whole number of emotions and feelings and is usually, at least for me as well, in a positive way. Maybe not. But right now, at least I've got that going. So I'm curious. What do you all think about context with the way a word is used?
3: I'll go. Just, I was thinking of this. I had some notes about this too. So I'm really glad you brought it up. I, for better or worse, have been kind of entertaining myself by watching some people play video games on twitch.com. Not a sponsor. You don't have to go there. But a lot of them are from a younger generation we'll call them gen z and there's a lot of just oh did you see that move that was so crazy oh you're insane how good was that so it's very much like oh that was nuts like very much things where they're saying something good or they're almost implying like that's crazy good or you're insanely cracked at this game whatever So I feel like the oldest grandmother in the world when they say you're cracked. Um, And I'm like, is that based on someone breaking a bone or like cracking someone's skull? I'm like, is this ableist? I will find out and let everyone in this chat room know. Very dry skin.
1: It's just positive dry skin. Right, is this like chafing?
3: Right, and that's (laughs) so irritating and must be really hard to play video games if you're chafing. And so the whole thing, you're just like, hold on, is this coming from a place of kindness? But yeah, I think that, too, where to the cats, my parents would be like, you're being so crazy. And my cats, of course, I'm like, Oh, you're so wild. What a silly little Billy you're being because I don't want the cats also to just develop any internalize anything for themselves. But you do realize like, where does it I was referring to a cat as having a limb difference because it was a cat who I don't remember if it was born with three legs, or it had to have one leg removed because of an accident. But I was getting some grief from my parents about calling it a cat with a limb difference. And it's like, it's just good to have it in your head that this is what that's called if you care about your fellow people or animals or just people who deserve care in the world there's like that's the way you should think about it so yeah the context is important but it's also like it's weird i'm i will say i have obsessive compulsive disorder so i will say this is probably something related to that but i do get a little bit irked when people there's a word that means something like crazy or it has meant something traditionally and then it means so many other things where it's like help me out and also don't don't sort of associate it with all these other things. Cause then like, I'll tell people I'm a vegetarian and they're like, oh, do you eat fish? And I'm like, no, that's not a vegetarian. Like, okay. And they're like, oh, do you eat turkey bacon? And I was like, no, why, hit, why are we using, we're using this term to mean a whole lot of things that we're not necessarily being super specific about it. And so I do worry, even if it's positive, could we try to just like, keep it to just things that are related to not how could you art video? I don't know. Not an argument against it, but it is
2: something I think about. No, I Liza, what you just mentioned, I like been trying to be more okay with being in the gray because I tend to be very black and white and I feel like that's a little bit of what you were saying like I'm like I want to know is this a yes or is this a no and so much of it is a gray area and I think the word crazy is such a <laughs> good one to talk about in this sense because I think a lot of the time it is being used in a positive way and in an endearing way and in a loving way and in like an exciting way and I replace it with silly and wild are like my two like words that I typically used to replace it in my vocabulary or amazing when I'm talking about like if someone was playing a game and they did something really crazy I put that in quotes for everyone listening but would that be wild or that be amazing or whatever it is in my brain I tend to go black and white but I do think that there is a big gray area when you're using these terms and not all terms but some terms in a positive way I think it happens more and more with the younger generation using the word crazy and kind of how we talked about the evolution of the English language in general, is this another evolution that like, we're not pulling crazy as mental health stuff because mental health is at the forefront of a conversation in a way that it wasn't for any other young generation. Gen Z is talking about mental health all the time that I think a lot of Gen Z views it as, oh, we're not saying anyone's crazy. Like we're talking about this in a positive way. When we talk about mental health, we're talking in a serious way and we're having that conversation regularly. Whereas growing up, I didn't have that conversation regularly, I should say.
1: Kristen, I want to bring you in to the conversation here a little bit, specifically because one thing, when we're talking about context and history and evolution of language and all of this other stuff, I am battling that kind of desire and and belief with my newfound awareness of microaggressions and that it's not about the intention of the person speaking, but how it's received. And it's then empathetic to put yourself into the shoes of the person on the receiving end of that word or hearing that word. So what are your thoughts here?
0: This whole discussion about the positive versus the negative is a really important nuance that maybe can help a little bit to reconcile some of the disconnect between the intent of the person and how it was received. So, for instance, you know, <laughs> the word that started it all, blind, blindly. No, the, one of the words that started it all had a negative connotation to begin with, so it wasn't being used in an endearing it was meaning a negative characteristic that was besides the disability. So I think there's a real difference there that may not have been intended to connect to the disability, but the definition that it was using was problematic. Well, whoever's in charge of language, you know, I wish I could write to them like, could you please remove definitions two and three, you know, from this word? You know, it's never that simple. But
1: I think you make a couple of really good points that I think we need to banter around. One is... Who's in charge? I love that. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm, what's the definitive list on this? And when does it change? And what if you don't know? What if you're, you know, we're all aging much faster than we would like, Mm -hmm. and language is evolving even faster. My kids the other day were using the term bussin. Didn't even know that was a thing until the other day. And I was like, bussin, is that, what are we, we are traveling somewhere? They're like, dad, come on. So there are all of these things. Who knows if that has, I don't know, someone out there does, if that has some sort of weird negative history attached to it. Cause I don't think it's busing. I think it's bussin. I don't even know where it comes from, but my son is like using it on the regular, probably Twitch. So, I think like who's in charge and who writes the defend list. I also think it's very interesting, and we should acknowledge this that more obvious cases for me from a racial standpoint, mm-hmm. there's some words that are okay, but not okay for a white man to use or a white yeah. woman, to use, right? And so it's like, hmm. and you know, there have been movies and jokes about it where it's like, can I, no, you cannot. It's like, oh, oh okay. But what a... I have, friend, no. No, no. With ableism, it's, it's probably very, very similar, right? Any ism, any word that could have an offensive connection might change completely when there's a relationship between... The person speaking it and the person hearing it, even if it's done in a negative tone, the nature of that relationship can change the context and its usage and everything else. So I think the, the who's in charge, as well as the relationship aspect, are important details and nuances to consider when we're talking about language.
3: I can jump in really quick. Just yeah, please, with yeah. something from the article that mm-hmm. I was reading for a few of the terms you'll see. This term is usually used only by people who are part of this group. So, like, this might be a term that people with autism use to. To talk to each other, to talk about themselves, but you're going to offend someone or you're run the risk of offending somebody if you use it and you aren't part of that group. So that's another interesting thing where sometimes when the context is good or bad, where was I seeing it recently? Oh, I was looking at different lists of aesthetics because when you don't have any children and you're just home during a pandemic, that's what you do. Some things are like cripple punk or cripple core where You, some terms are empowering and can really describe a whole part of your dimension and how you express yourself. And some of the terminology is used there that maybe you wouldn't use if you weren't a member of that type of a thing. I'll, I'll post a link in the chat if I can find
1: it. Super interesting.
2: Just to add to that, it, actually with the word crazy, I personally deal with generalized anxiety disorder on like the larger scale and also major depressive disorder. So on a personal level, when I'm connecting with friends that also deal with similar things, be like we use the term crazy to describe ourselves in like joking with one another, in like playful fun and like in an endearing way of talking with one another. And that's okay. But I will say if like someone else, because I deal with these things called me crazy, that doesn't deal with these things, I would be offended. I don't even know if I'd be offended, I'd be hurt is more of what it would be. So I do think context is so important. And also just that like idea that Within group, you do have words that you take back and you own and use them as empowering versus like taking you down. And I think there's a lot of power in that.
0: There's such a worry about discussing anything related to mental health and it's not fully supported even in weird logistical contexts like health insurance or like some treatment for disorders. You had to show up in person and that can be a barrier for some people, but also just even acknowledging either the feelings that people have that maybe they are not treating as something that needs to be addressed in a more productive way. And I wonder, so people thoughtlessly use words like crazy and depressed and things like that. But I also wonder if underneath that either callousness or thoughtlessness is, you know, unacknowledged trauma or need of help or connection or treatment or whatever that really hasn't been acknowledged fully in in all of the weirdness of our culture.
1: No. Again, I think that's a really interesting point. And the underlying trauma that may exist or the underlying just not dealing with whatever may be there. I also think that it's value signaling a little bit if you're okay with mental health, like if you put it up there, like, oh, you know, care deeply. And by the way, I'm looking at Tamin first and foremost on this, like we signal that we are a holistic, inclusive work environment. And we talk about mental health and we put it out there and we talk about resources and work-life balance and everything else, because we are value signaling. We are saying these are our values. So I'm not using value signaling in the sort of like driving a Prius way where you don't recycle, but I drive a Prius. See, now I've just offended every Prius driver. Priuses. No, it's like a common trope, right? It's a common trope around the, anyway, I think we can also make some assumptions. We all do it. Don't deny it. You see a pickup truck and it has certain stickers and flags on it. And you are sure you are going to see that driver that you expect. And I look over and I'm like, right again. So sometimes stereotypes fit. I'm just saying. Anyway, but if I see a Swarthmore sticker, Swarthmore Co-op sticker on a Prius, I'm sure I'm going to see that Biden-Harris sticker there as well.
0: There's certain things that are true about people.
1: Coexists exactly.
0: Anyway, now I'm really tempted to find some, you know, find someone who'd love to have their car redecorated and have this really weird mishmash of stickers that like you wouldn't expect. I want to see together. a Prius
1: with a MAGA sticker on it. That's right. what I'm looking for and I have not found one yet. Anyway, because I think that there are there are still lots of old misconceptions and and things that exist where I think when we talk about language and, and catching up to that value signaling is driving culture forward because it might be, I'm a man, I don't have to go talk to any head shrinker and all that other kind of crazy language. But that's real out there. And so I think that I wasn't actually trying to be derogatory with my value signal. Like I meant it to drive progression forward in this way. Okay, we might cut that whole segment out. Go ahead, Sydney, you're trying to change.
2: No, you're good. I have a few things I wanted to just comment on and kind of share on. Um, One thing that, well, just to tag on something you just shared, Marty, it's funny because there is a lot of, Different people, different generations have like still different comfortabilities with mental health. And I think the younger generations are doing so much better and it's because of the work that other generations did before them to kind of get there in the discussion around this and social media and all of these other things have brought it to light. But I come from a family that has lost people to suicide and dealt with like a lot of people in our family have dealt with mental health related things in their lives as everyone has at some level. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table with my family at one point, and it was shortly after I had started therapy and I actually um, had just gone on medicine for anxiety. And my aunt had made a comment of like, oh, I'm not crazy. I don't need like talking about my cousin. She's not crazy. She doesn't need that after they knew that like I had just started therapy and I just started medicine and this stuff. And so like hearing that in comparison to me, I remember sitting there and being like, and I I did say something because I don't keep my mouth shut. But I remember sitting there and being like, I want to jump across the table right now and punch you and like I don't use violence lately but I was so hurt and angry and um, just like at the the connotation that like that means you're crazy and that your brain is working in this way that that equals crazy and just kind of flipping the script but it kind of all goes in line with this in the sense of talking about other words because I think crazy is there's we know crazy is bad but as we talked about there is this gray area where people are using it in an endearing way whereas when we talk about people using the term depressed a lot or bipolar to talk about someone that's switching opinions or anxious as everyone can feel anxious, but um, the just different terms like that or a schizo or things like that, where they're just using them to describe something and not actually experiencing this disease or this disability, however you want to talk about it, really is what brought me after Kristen had emailed us Or emailed Marty about leading blindly. I really had to check myself and be like, because in my brain, I was like, that's a term, that's like a phrase we use all the time. And I really like had to take a step back and think and like sat with it. And one of the big things that I like was like, oh, a turn of phrase is also like, oh, I'm depressed. Like that's something that I've heard how many people say, or as a kid, I would say, oh, you're bipolar because you're switching decisions. And those are things that like people say all the time and they're just phrases, but they have so much more meaning when you're dealing with these. Diseases, and like there's this negative connotation. I just think it carries a lot. And it helped knowing that I deal with this side of things helped me really understand where Kristen was coming from when she shared about leading blindly. And it did take me a minute, but I was like, oh, okay, let me dive into every piece of language I use now.
1: Really great point. And I think it speaks to how difficult it is and how defensive we are about our own language. You know, and even as I'm trying to hold myself accountable to certain things and I slip up like I just did and will again and do again, I think that there's just this sense of not only empathy, but just also being kind to yourself. Because as we are learning, I mean, so Liza, you mentioned you're currently learning a new language, right? You're learning ASL. Yes. And you are going to suck. You're going to be terrible, you know, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I already but, am. Yeah. But you're going to stick with it and you're going to get better. And yes. that's a normal, natural learning process. If you, every time you, you know, made the A incorrectly, right? Uh, a.
3: A. Very nice.
1: Oh, that's about as far For as the I can listeners,
3: go. Marty and Liza make the sign language letter A. Yes. And it looks very first week, very <laughs> first Thank week. Thank you. But very that's true. where we are. There's nothing wrong. That's where we are.
1: Exactly. Be patient with yourself. As you pursue meeting your own goals. It's so hard to be patient with ourselves because we I think I'll speak for myself. I get defensive partly because I'm mad at myself. Like, "Oh, should have been better about that." Or, "Wow, ah, what the heck?" I That's just a turn of phrase. Like, I'm with you entirely, and I think it is very, very difficult to get out of these habits of language, whatever they may be. And I hope that like speaking any new language or signing any new language that, you know, as a community, we can be supportive of someone trying to be a little bit better tomorrow than they were today.
3: Yeah. I was thinking about that in it's almost like yeah with a child where like if you're at a family gathering and a child is like me want cookie you're like oh would you like a cookie like you just will say the right thing and it's not like how could you mess that up it's like yeah. oh because it's new to you and we're all kind of learning because this stuff has been on the margins cool we're getting there and it's, you're just going to be feel more comfortable to speak out yes
0: I think all of us supporting each other as we all make mistakes and reinvent and reevaluate you know a language that we've all spoken and written for a very long time is so important. And maybe a goal could be that as we support each other, we translate that into, you know, supporting ourselves to be kinder to ourselves. I thought about that a lot with, you know, related to other things that have come up during the pandemic and being hard on myself as a parent or as a human. And then people, you know, being like, it's a normal situation that everybody screwed up in some way or other. And that, you know, in being supportive and empathetic toward each other, we can hopefully teach ourselves to be gentler to ourselves.
3: That is a great point. And it reminded me of something that still happens, not as much, but with myself trying to cut out these, you know, like 55 words that are hurting people. And if I slipped up, I would say like, no, I'm like, Lazzy, you idiot. How could you? And it's like, no, no, no. Also, no, not that either. Even, that's when I'm even trying with others. Like, wow, it's still right at the tip of my brain, ready to come out when I'm talking about myself. So yeah, it's very hard to use one set of language with other people and a different one with yourself. So it's hard to, yeah, not sound hateful.
2: I was just going to say that brings me back to like the little voice in your head and retraining it too. And I've been really working on on how would I you brought up kids Liza and how would you say that to a kid is if my niece did this or if another kid that I care about or just a kid in general because kids are innocent (laughs) did this what would my reaction be or if someone else i love my mom my sister a friend what would my reaction be to them and why is it so different internally but i think all of what we just said comes back to something marty said in the beginning and that so much of this is built around relationships so much of language is built around relationships and us being willing to call people on it but also in a kind and respectful way and in a way of like hey we're all learning it prompted me I got an email with a term that I think is not very nice and she was not saying it in a
1: Wait, what back. was the term you got to tell us
2: it was just because of the conversation we were talking about an event and she referred to herself as the food nazi and so she did not mean it in no, the way that nazi term is. I've used
1: that Absolutely. Yeah. The super Nazi from Seinfeld, of course. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And so she was just saying, like, I know I've been a lot to deal with on this, but, Mm -hmm. and honestly, this, this conversation just prompted me. I refrained from commenting on it and I am going to email her privately and just kind of make mention of it because I do think that all of this comes back to relationships. And if we're not willing to call people that we do care about and that we don't see as someone that said it in a mean way, but you don't know what you don't know. I would have never known saying leading blindly is a bad thing to say if Kristen hadn't let you know. And then like, in turn, I knew. So I just think like there's so much power in that relationship and in us speaking up to ourselves, but also to those around us when they use it. So
1: I want to end where we sort of began with this article that we will post in the show notes. And I think we should share widely as I was going through it. Again, one of the great things that this article does is it gives <laughs> examples of words you can use instead. So not only does it have it, but consider using these and consider this. And some of them, honestly, I think are difficult. I don't think that this is a Bible or gospel in terms of like, oh, you can never say narcissistic when you're talking about a particular former president, but you can, I went there, Liza, I saw your face. Definitely (laughs) egotistical. It's certainly not a doctor yet. He may not, he may not have actually met the the clinical definition. Anyway, but I started looking through, they have this whole section of non-ableist language. And instead of an ableist word or phrase, perhaps you actually meant to say, and these are amazing words. And so if anyone's just listening to this, I want to go down. And if there's one that jumps out to you, anyone else who might be looking at this list, Liza or Sydney, and hear something, let me know, but asinine bizarre buck wild hell yeah buck wild i'm all about it that is coming into my lexicon a hundred percent contemptible
0: In- until the deer protests yeah, no, the deer- <laughs> <laughs> and
3: they'll come no and they'll come allopsistic is good oh
0: i yes.
1: find you contemptible crappy super easy Pesant? that one's uh Pesant is going nefarious love that one ignoramus <laughs> I Try love, it. Like, there are so many good word. jerk, super simple. Yeah, that should be come. Let's bring jerk back. <laughs> they might
3: want to check. I one. did. Sure. No, I, I'll tell <laughs> oh, you, you, I checked it. It's from, because it was from a, a while ago, and I'm like, can I still say jerk? And they seem to say it's coming from soda jerk, where it's like just a type of person who were like someone based on their job and, Oh, wow, and this... not that they have a certain type of movement with their body or anything that they uh, don't right. have control uh, of. Okay. I don't know
0: what that was. Yeah, we might have to go we'll
3: back have to look it that it up. Still. I will say also sometimes ignorant. Some, t- some websites will also say be careful with ignorant and so just for the same reason why it's usually you're saying someone doesn't have the same level of education as something else or they didn't have access to the same level of whatever. So on this website, it proposes that but also you may find other websites where they do tell you to stay away from ignorant and things sure. like that. So Add
1: it to the ongoing debate. There are so area. many any great words in here rage there are good inducing. ones that are
3: yeah they give you alternatives for like when you're trying to say something you're mm. actually being negative about and then if you go down a little bit more it'll say here if you're actually talking about people with disabilities a certain yes. disability type here's the various ways that you can say it and sound like you're from this century <laughs> and that you've, you've got an eye towards caring and not staring, whatever other cliches you're going with. But yeah, it's good because you're like, if you're feeling hot under the collar and you want to call someone petulant, definitely do that because that's the way they're it's acting.
0: It's- hot under the collar needs to come back. Yeah, I hope that's not
3: related to like shingles or
1: something. uh, No, I think it. Well, I actually thought it was more of like a. She's making me feel a a little collar. Yeah, Yeah. like oh it's a little.
2: My favorite section of this page is possible replacement insults using swears and profanity. So they even let you know what swears and profanity are okay. So this is a great article. And they did it's accessible design, right?
3: Because they've said here's the profanity, and then there's a long line of just placeholder symbols, so that if you don't want to have that and. Maybe you're at work. You don't want that right. to come up on your screen. You can get to it before it gets oh. to face and other things like that.
1: No, no, no. We are an adult podcast. We can say them because I think it's fun. Ass hat, that yeah. needs to be a part of everyone's lexicon. Because you <laughs> know what? We know plenty there. of people who are acting like an asshat. I just think that's so uh,
2: and it goes fantastic. It goes into uh, underneath all of that. It goes into how a lot of swear words are rooted in genders. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've thought about before, but I haven't tried to remove them from my language. So I think that that's really
1: cool. I will throw one in there that a colleague of mine here at Tamman used. And I was like, I don't think I've heard that since 1952. And it is going to come back into my language. <laughs> he was talking about a time, something that had happened, and he felt totally foolish, completely borderline ashamed. And he said, I felt like a smacked ass. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest thing I'd heard all week. I was like, that's <laughs> incredible. I don't know how I'm going to continue to use this, but I have to find these ways.
2: My mom says that. I think that's a generational often. one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: (laughs) it's it's a relatable feeling it is we're just like oh god and almost everyone has had their ass smacked at sometimes so you're just like yeah, no, it's not good. L-
1: names go in and out of fashion. I think more of these words should. I listened to a Teddy Roosevelt biography the other month and a uh, bully. Like, why did that ever... Bully for you! Like, oh my golly, that's a fantastic word, right? I love bringing back kind of that sort of old-timey language with some of this. Because it's what a... What word? Bully. Bully as a... So as like, like a... Bully for wait Way to go. Bully for you. Uh, that's a very Teddy oh, Roosevelt story. It's like Tom sawyer
2: yeah. I was thinking like bully, like a bully at school. It's spelled that the same. like shoves you in a locker.
1: Yeah.
0: No,
2: that's yeah, absolutely. now that's
0: all it means. There's swell a...
1: is another one. Like if we could bring swell back, I think that's awesome.
3: Swell is good. I've been saying criminy a lot. Criminy is and excellent. I will tell you I haven't looked it up to see what the Hunky words are, Dory. But-
1: Hunky Dory is fantastic. And as racial language goes, there is a great if you can YouTube it wherever you go, but I think I'll have to find it, but it's something around the word honky. For a white person, love it, love it. Have no, I think it's a fantastic. Uh, as a white man, I just want to say, anyone can call me a honky. I think it's hilarious. Okay. But again, that's context and relationships as uh, all the things we're talking about. But that was hunky-dory, not honky-dory. I know, but I meant the honky. <laughs> right. Anyway, so this so is- Do you want to this whole Hunzi recording well. out? No, I think this is how we talk, right? This, yeah, These are the yeah. kinds of conversations that we're having around the quote unquote virtual water cooler that I want to bring out to the rest of the world to, to be a part of and have people disagree and correct us. I mean, I would love someone to come and say, actually jerk should be off and here's why. Like that, again, that's language, that's awareness. Have a relationship with Article 19, have a relationship with all of us and let us know if there's something that we missed, whether it's funny or not or serious. Because there are other articles that I want to talk about in future episodes. Specifically, I want to get into some of the stuff that John McWhorter's brought into because as language is involving culture, and I think we're sort of an echo chamber of each other, I think we've agreed a lot. I want to get into the rage inducing machine that is social media and why shaming and silencing have become the norm whenever anyone makes a language misstep. And I want to get into that next time we talk. So,
2: Or a misstep in general. Cancel culture is alive and well on social media.
1: Yeah. We should talk about the rage machine there and how we bring maybe some real, I mean, I think people can recognize that just like this article did. How can we bring some new ways of thinking and doing to social media in more meaningful ways so that folks can can realize that this is about love and empathy. And let's take that approach. Miss Liza, I appreciate you. Thank you for being a part and thank you for sharing this article and uh, helping to shape our conversation today. Ms. Sydney, I think you are fantastic and wonderful. I appreciate working with you and Ms. Kristen, you are a delight and a joy and all of the content that you're producing is making a huge difference for Tammin and those that read our thought leadership. So I just very much appreciate the three of you. Thank you so much for doing this with us and being on Article 19 and we will do this again. Let's do it again. Let's keep doing it.
0: Thanks for catalyst for change.
1: I hope you enjoyed this water cooler episode hopefully we'll do more in the future for now though we're hard at work planning and recording season two of article 19 where we'll be taking a deep dive into the americans with disabilities act how we got to where we are now and where we might be headed in the meantime we have a few more bonus episodes that'll be coming out so keep checking the podcast feed if you like what you heard today and you want to explore more about digital accessibility inclusivity or to schedule a time to talk with us you can find the whole and team at tameninc.com that's t-a M M A N I N C dot com or follow us on social media at Taman Inc on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We'll talk to you again next time.